thank you, Denzel, for joining us. Um, we're so happy that you agreed to um, to this interview. Uh, maybe a good place to start would be uh, to, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what your faith life was like and your prayer life specifically when you were at Garen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so when I when I first got to Garen, I. I really did not have a faith life or a prayer life at all. Um, in fact, I, I had somewhat of an anti-prayer life, anti-faith life. Um, I went to Garen thinking that um, really I just wanted to get into the school because I thought it was, my mom thought it was like a really good place to be educated and it was kind of far removed in a nicer, nicer area. I was from uh, like Southern Indianapolis and um, really prayer wasn't something that I was thinking about when I was there. I mean, I would go as far as to, uh, I don't know what the setup at Garen looks like right now, but I went some, to some pretty great lengths to avoid prayer, the maths, all of the things. I remember um, they used to have these mats that they used for wrestling and cheerleading, just like oh, yeah. stacked up in the hallways near the back. I remember going into the back of the hallway and literally climbing inside of one of those mats <laughs> during mass time just to avoid going to mass and where nobody could find me. That's great um, lengths pretty great lengths and uh, I've definitely come a long way um I wasn't praying and I wasn't thinking about God for a really long time until um, a few things lined up uh, I got invited to youth group and prayer actually started being something that um was very important to me and I found myself uh, very early in the mornings at Garen just because uh, yeah there was just the way that my mom could drop me off and in the middle of this reconversion I had I used to just like always hear uh, the golden voice choir singing in the hallway um, certain mornings. Um, and I would also just note like teachers would walk into the chapel at the front of the school. And I just had no idea what they were all doing in there. And so one morning I actually just walked into the chapel to see what the teachers were doing and they were just praying this prayer and it was uh, morning prayer. And I started uh, praying with them and it was just kind of like a consistent thing that they were doing. And the, just the, the wording of it was very beautiful. And so, so I did that a few times and eventually I found myself uh, in golden, golden voice as well, where we would sing and it was all just sacred music. And I found that to be actually like the beginnings of a lot of the prayer uh, life that I had. And um, eventually when I actually got really involved with uh, the youth group over at Lady of Mount Carmel, I got invited there by a friend or two. Um, prayer started to become something that was really I really started to understand the true meaning behind prayer, which was it being my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus. And a lot of things that weren't prayer before started becoming prayer. Service work started to become a an expression of my prayer. The interactions I started having with people started to become extensions of, of, of my prayer and outpourings of that prayer. Um, and just like, yeah, the time that I would spend with the youth group eventually in adoration um, and coming to really fall in love with the mass after understanding its context in my life. Um, yeah, all of those things. Uh, my prayer took a real 180 um, going into my my junior year um, of high school. And that's when a lot of things started changing for me in my personal life as well. And so uh, it, it was all very connected, you know, just like the academia, the approach to socializing, service work everything started to become very related and prayer was slowly becoming the center of all of those things for me. That's beautiful. It's really beautiful. How do you go from, you know, really not praying at all to, to that? Yeah. So 
actually there there was a pretty solid moment that brought me to this transitional that like whatever this transitional moment was i call it my reconversion so in, in short what happened was you know i i didn't really know jesus very well and the thing that i think really sets the prayer in as like the the reality that it's your relationship with jesus that jesus is a real person he's actually the most human person that we we know and your prayer is actually your relationship with him. The reality of that is what set in for me. Uh, I remember I went to Indianapolis with a few people who I was hanging out with at the time. And it was the middle of the winter and we went to Steak and Shake. And that year, it was pretty cold and I didn't really have a winter coat. And so I like begged my mom that Christmas to get me a really nice winter coat. And she got me this like $50 one from JCPenney's or something. And I was really attached to it. I really liked it. I thought like my friends liked it and I was all about it. And uh, one little fun fact was that I actually had this moment where I had learned about St. Francis of Assisi um, while I was at Garen, and that really transformed my life. I, I, I like to say that I actually met Francis of Assisi before I met Jesus, um, like really. And I was just really in love with like the things that he was doing and all the service that he did and the poverty and so um, the way he treated poor people. And so I was already trying to like emulate that in my life. And it's actually what got me on doing service um, more so. Uh, when I was at Garen and I remember when we went to Steak and Shake, there was this homeless guy outside when we were on our way back to the parking garage mm -hmm. and he was just had, didn't have a coat. And so I remember Francis would give his stuff to poor people all the time. Um, and uh, I had given this man my coat and he just looked at me with this crazy look, just absolute terror and surprise. And all. Oh, just this simple question he asked me was, are you Jesus? Oh. And, it, and it, it, it shook me to the core. I was so scared that someone thought I was Jesus. And I remember looking at this guy and I was just like, well, I thought you were Jesus. Cause like, <laughs> that's what Francis of Assisi kept saying. And um, in that moment, like everything just clicked for me, you know, in the scriptures, it would say that everything that you did for these little ones you did for me. Um, I finally understood what Francis was getting at. He was trying to become like Jesus. He was, Jesus was a real person and he was trying to become him. And eventually he would go to call the church on to just return to trying to become like Jesus um, through his prayer, through that uh, those acts and through his his life and his austere poverty. Uh, and so really it was that moment when I realized, oh, it all makes sense. Jesus is an actual person and Francis is trying to become him. He's trying to imitate him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what prayer is. It's, it's uniting yourself with this person mm -hmm. who has the fullness of our personalities held within him, the fullness of our identity. And the more that we come to know him, the more we become ourselves, the more we glorify God and the better we can relate to him, um, the better we can anticipate like what needs uh, he has, what things that he wants us to do, who he wants us to become. Uh, and so that, that was really like the big moment for me in prayer. And I started doing all this service work and it became like working with the poor and being able to give of myself uh, for others became like a kind of just like the center of what I, my life at the time. And it, it really became an extension of my prayer and oriented my mind to, uh, yeah, the real things of life. Um, so that's, that's so like through the, through the service and through the encounter with St. Francis of Assisi and that homeless man, I came to realize that Jesus was a real person. And that's really the, that's really the secret sauce of prayer. What, what has that prayer life meant to you as you've continued to grow in your faith life and in your vocation um 
as a focused missionary. Reality is for me is that like the people who, it's really about the people who said yes. You know, like if I had, if I turned to any one student at Garen, you know, not everybody has to be Catholic. Probably not everybody might have a faith, but the faith that they do have and the, the, the position that they've been set in, they're at a Catholic high school. Mm -hmm. um, most likely, and there's exceptions, but most likely isn't a coincidence. Like their parents are probably Catholic or want to raise their kids Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people come to Garen for that. Um, and it's the question is like, why did their parents have a faith? Who, what? It's because probably their parents had a faith or somebody in their life said yes. And for me, there was a few men in high school who said yes to their call, that this prompting in their heart to show me the thing that has been driving them. Mm -hmm. And through that group of men, um, I was able to come into the faith in a very, very profound way. And into college, I was on fire already. And mm -hmm. I just ran with that faith, with that idea that that yes, that single yes that each of us can give can mm -hmm. inspire others um, to continue that. And I mean, the brokenness that you see in college, um, even at the the university I went to, Marion University is a Catholic university, mm -hmm. any university you go to. And me now as a seventh year full-time Catholic missionary, like I can tell you, it's every single college campus you go to, there's brokenness. Um, yeah, it just takes just a few people to say yes, or even just one person to say yes. Um, and that's really what inspired me to um, um, to want to pray throughout the years, because as I grow in my relationship with Jesus, I start to understand more and more what that yes means and what that yes can mean for not only myself, but for others. Mm -hmm. And every time I give yes, it just winds up giving me um, more and more of an idea of who I am and who I want to become. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it just clarifies my life. That's and it's, it's been a great joy of mine to be able to see that come yeah. alive in other people, to see Jesus transform other people's hearts in that way. That's great. For high school students who don't have that spark, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I would... Um... I guess my first piece of advice would be to be a, be patient with yourself. Um, it's okay to feel the way that you do. Um, the, the timing of the Holy Spirit, you know, like uh, if I had a, if I had to guess, if you're feeling disappointed in yourself that like there's something wrong, like there's a, why don't I care about this? Mm -hmm. Why don't I, why don't, why am I not engaged in this prayer thing? Why does faith not matter to me? Mm -hmm. um, if you're asking those questions, there's most likely a grace that wants to get come to you mm -hmm. and it's probably a gift of faith and an understanding of who you are and, and like who God is most likely there is some yes that needs to be made in either your heart in your life or in someone else's life that's like adjacent to yours and maybe they're not giving it um and the question that you're gonna have to ask yourself is um is it the yes that you're supposed to be giving because for me I didn't, I didn't have a care in the world about God or the faith. And even though all of my surroundings were orienting me towards it, I was, I was stressed out because I just didn't want to be about it. And um, eventually I now know it was the yes of somebody else that was, that, that was just waiting in the peripheries of my life. Um, and eventually once I get to college, I realized that like, now it's my turn to say yes mm -hmm. and I have to respond. And so like, I think God will, will find his way to you. Um, if you are patient with yourself and you are actually open to it, mm -hmm. um, if you're not open to it and you're running away from it, like I was, um, you're not, you're not in the wrong in a sense. It just might not be the right time. God allows things to remain broken for a time. Um, 
so that when like it is the right time, things can happen. But the other actual piece of hard advice I'd give you for like prayer, if you're like really interested in it, is to figure out, um, yeah, just like a way that you can start to understand the idea that like your relationship with God is is actually real. Like it's not a a fairy tale or a story. This is actually a reality. Mm -hmm. And if that was, if I had any real real advice to do that, like a first step. It would probably be the examine prayer. Um, I know that um, a lot of people probably know about it. Uh, I didn't know about it until I got to college and I was actually just doing it myself. I just didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and somebody told me about it. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting because not if you don't know about the examine prayer, it's basically like um, a prayer where you ask God to help your memory and to consider the ways in which you have done his will throughout the day and ways that you can improve in doing his will and then thanking him for giving you the chance to have a day <laughs> and mm -hmm. then asking him to help you reconcile with him in any way that you need to. Um, and so there's like a degree of the importance of what it means to God to be able to actually entrust your day to him. If you orient yourself towards him in this very simple way, you'll start to learn how the world just like hums with his, with his personality, with his desires, with his will. And it becomes something where you get to, yeah, it becomes to live more fully as a person, supercharges your prayer if you get to familiarize yourself with his desires for you. The advice that I'd really want people to understand too as high schoolers is that like no matter what you do, like no matter if you go to mass, if you pray, if you go do service, if you go sing, if you go to anything, like the 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 thing that you need to have happen in order to have a conversion is to have a real encounter with Jesus, which is only something that can happen between you and God. He's trying to encounter you, um, but there might be things in the way. And so, yeah, nobody can give you that enca like encounter with God. It's just something that happens. And uh, most people, the best that they can do is try to facilitate that encounter, which is what my job entails. And what most of this, the staff at Garen, the priests, the sisters at this point, um, are, are, are hoping to do, I, I would, I would hope. So it's really just facilitating um, that encounter that hopefully will come for you in its due time. Well, thank you, Denzel. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us and taking the time to interview with us. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a privilege. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. <laughs> I hope all the students can stay based out there. All right. For you guys. Thank you. Bye.